Hello and welcome to episode 73 of the Batflip Crazy Podcast, where you'll always find enthusiastic, data-driven fantasy baseball analysis and strategy. I am your host, Toby. Uh, Today I'm going to be doing part two of week three uh, hitter observations and starting pitcher observations. Today I'm going to be taking at nine hitters that remain uh, from the initial hitter uh, observation analysis and then 15 uh, pitchers who folks have suggested on Twitter. Again, uh, these are all recommendations from t- folks on Twitter, uh, people that they're either excited or worried about based on early season performance. And, and I'm going to be delving into the underlying skills to determine not necessarily whether this is going to continue or not moving forward, um, but I'm going to be looking at whether uh, the performance that they've had to date seems earned, whether that's good or bad. And then based on that and the the past history of that player, I may have some sort of inkling about whether they're a buy low or a sell high or, you know, those are kind of cliches and they don't necessarily work um, as, um, uh, it doesn't necessarily work like that. Like it's hard to buy low, it's hard to sell high. Um, it only works in certain instances, but these are kind of guys who maybe you, we should expect better performance from or worse, worse, worse performance from moving forward. And then some ideas about who might be uh, some good trade targets there. So hopefully that is helpful um, for you. In addition to that, normally I do a Reach Charles segment every few episodes where I just give kudos to somebody uh, who has done excellent work or somehow um, contributed to my understanding of fantasy baseball, its analysis and the, and the game of baseball. And normally I put that at the end of the show, but uh, I'm going to put that at the beginning of the show this time. I'm going to be given a kudos, a reach Charles kudos to Alex Fast um, for his work on the CSW stat, which is called strikes plus swinging strikes divided by pitches um, and correlates more strongly to strikeout rate than just swinging strike rate, which is what I normally use. And so um, that's a huge contribution, I think, at least to my understanding uh, of pitcher analysis. And so I want to give Alex a, a huge kudos there. And I also wanted to put it before I do the actual analysis of pitchers, uh, because I think it's really important when people do make these contributions that we recognize it. And I'm going to be using it moving forward, but it felt a little uh, a little bad to do that without just just giving a huge shout out to Alex and the pitcher list uh, folks, as well as I think it's Colin Charles, um, who uh, who did some of the analysis, the data analysis there. And so Alex, Colin, uh, Nick Pollock at uh, pitcher list, all of those guys deserve a huge kudos for their work around CSW and doing the, the, the research to find out whether it is a meaningful stat and and realizing that it really, really was. And I think one that can contrib- contribute a significant amount to our understanding of the game. So I'm going to throw that up there at the beginning so I don't feel as guilty using CSW um, moving forward. Uh, that's that's the truth of it. Um, and also just because they, they do deserve a huge shout out for that work. Um, all right. If you enjoyed this podcast, if you've enjoyed previous podcasts and you haven't done so already, please do leave a five-star rating and review. As I mentioned it mentioned before, I'm just like floored. You guys are doing, uh, you've been super kind to me, uh, awesome with the reviews. Uh, we're at 108 uh, five-star ratings and reviews, which is just awesome. Some really nice ones, you know, ranging from the last one I shared, which was just good. Um, literally one word good, um, which I, I obviously appreciate. Um, and then also to uh, the most recent one, just being a super thoughtful one. And so again, like we're a small podcast. Uh, I'm rocking this, trying to do it a couple times a week just to get this information out 
there. Uh, it's not selfless work because I definitely benefit from the analysis that is done. I benefit from your recommendations and looking at folks that I might not have looked at otherwise, but I'm just super appreciative of all the love that you guys are sharing uh, with me. And so really, really appreciate that. If you have already left that five-star rating and review, I would greatly appreciate it if you would be willing to um, uh, like, the, like the podcast, retweet it, quote tweet it, uh, let folks know that you do appreciate it, help, help get more listeners of the pod. Uh, it helps out a lot in terms of raising its profile and um, yeah, I would, I would just really, really appreciate it. I'm not sure if you can tell, but my, uh, my son who is supposed to be sleeping um, is, uh, was calling my name earlier on in the intro and now is having a loud conversation uh, with, uh, with his mom. And so I don't know if you can hear that in the background or not, but if you did hear that, that is what you heard. All right, the best place to reach me as usual is on Twitter at BatFlipCrazy. Uh, I do have an Instagram at BatFlipCrazy and a Facebook at BatFlipCrazyFantasy. Also, YouTube, just search for BatFlipCrazy. Uh, and the blog uh, or the, the website is BatFlipCrazy.com. I am actually going to post the show notes um, from today. Uh, you know, as a blog post um, or as as a post on the website, just to see if you guys are interested in that, because I do think that there's um, some value to be able to being able to see something in writing, and so I will post those. Let me know if you like the fact that I'm doing that, if you enjoy that, and then I'll try to make a, a habit of it. I don't always have as in-depth or organized show notes as the ones that I'm going to post up, but uh, I'm happy to share those notes with folks and, and anything that you can find helpful. So do let me know um, if that is helpful. All right, let's dive into these nine hitters, 15 pitchers, and the shout out to Alex Fast and Pitcher List for the CSW rate. Let's get this party started. In today's Reach Charles, I just want to give a shout out to Alex Fast um, and Pitchers List. Uh, They are at Alex Fast 8. That's A L E X F A S T 8 on Twitter and at Pitcher List. You probably uh, are familiar with Pitcher List. Um, and probably with Alex as well, but wanted to give uh, them a shout out just for their work around uh, CSW or called and swinging strike rate. Uh, I think that's what it uh, stands for, but essentially it is uh, called strikes plus uh, swinging strikes divided by pitches. Um, and they've, they've been using the, uh, the, the metric for a, a while now um, and just kind of talking about how pitchers do. And it's based off of uh, the, game, the Game Feed app on Baseball Savant. If you go to that, you can see all uh, – and you go to home pitchers or away pitchers, you can actually see the number of swinging strikes and the number of called strikes per, per pitch. Um, and then as a total. And it gives you a really good indicator of the underlying skills of – you know, a, of a, of a pitcher. And, you know, I have used both called strikes and swinging strikes, particularly swinging strike rate, um, as one of my go-to metrics when analyzing pitchers. And and that's because both called strikes and swinging strikes, uh, are correlated, um, uh, or, or they're, 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 they're sticky, uh, year to year. So, uh, they're somewhat predictive of future performance. Um, and, uh, they also are shown, you know, that some players are are very good at that. Like a good example would be Aaron Nola or Steven Matz. Um, year after year, are among the called strike leaders. And then for swinging strike rate, all the names that you can think of: Degrom, Scherzer, 
so on and so forth. All of those guys are also the leaders of swinging strike rate. And so both of them are kind of fundamental skills um, you know, that indicate the quality of a pitcher. Uh, and for me, uh, both, but particularly swinging strike rate has been really important. What's been awesome about uh, the work of Alex and, and folks at PitcherList is, you know, it's kind of taken these two things that intuitively kind of belong together um, and they've been, they've been using it. And now Alex wrote a terrific article called uh, CSW Rate, an intro to an important new metric that I definitely suggest everybody read. If you do go give Alex a follow, if you're not already following him and you definitely should, um, it's his pinned tweet right now. He's been getting some great response from it and for good reason. Um, in the article, he essentially analyzes called and swinging strike rate to see whether it does carry value. Now, intuitively it should, but Alex has gone and done the research. And what he found out is that it actually, um, that it's sticky uh, year to year. And in addition to that, um, it is also correlates uh, more strongly to strikeout rate uh, than uh, swinging strike rate um, by itself. And so that is, you know, a really big uh, breakthrough as far as I'm concerned in terms of analysis. And, you know, other folks may have been using it or, or um, you know, including it in their analysis. But, you know, every time I'm always trying to learn as much as I can about, you know, the new metrics that come come out, whether it's StatCast data or other data, what is meaningful, what isn't meaningful, how can I incorporate this into uh, my broader understanding of, you know, the way different metrics relate to one another. And so for that reason, and starting in this podcast, I am going to be using uh, uh, CSW rate um, as something that I look at in hitters. And so I felt it was only appropriate to give a shout out to Alex and to PitcherList for really introducing uh, this metric to me and to a broader scale to the fantasy baseball community. Because as I move forward using it, it feels a little bit like, oh man, I'm, I'm cramping their style by using this. But it's this great metric. It's out there. They've done the research and show that it, that it should be used. And I think if we're not using it, then we are doing a disservice to folks who are listening uh, to the um, you know, to, to our fantasy analysis. So I will be incorporating that into this podcast in my pitcher, um, pitcher analysis. I will be incorporating that into uh, my analysis moving forward. And I definitely would suggest that you do the same. Uh, but before you do that, definitely give Alex a follow on Twitter at AlexFast8 and also PitcherList at PitcherList. Uh, that's Nick Pollock. Uh, they do incredibly great work. Uh, they have, a, they have a, a great team there at PitcherList who are doing uh, yeoman's work every single day, putting out uh, daily podcasts, putting out excellent content. And this is this is one example of it, but one that really stands out to me. So, uh, a reach Charles, kudos to Alex Fast uh, for putting together that article, doing that work. Uh, also, a shout out. Uh, I believe it's uh, Colin. I want to say um, who did a lot of the uh, actual statistical analysis. Let me make sure that I get this right because I want to give kudos to uh, everybody who uh, deserve it. It's Colin Charles who did uh, who did the analysis. Alex. Uh, wrote the article and kind of has been really, um, you know, uh, using the metric a ton. And so just a kudos to everybody over there at PitcherList, Alex, 
Colin, uh, Nick in particular. Uh, great work that they're doing, a really great contribution to my understanding uh, of, of pitcher analysis. And so you'll find that I will incorporate that into uh, my analysis in this podcast and moving forward because we need to be using the best metrics that are out there available. So thank you again uh, to Alex and PitcherList for this great uh, contribution to fantasy baseball analysis. All right, today we are going to cover nine hitters and 15 pitchers as part of this. They're the second part of our third week hitter and pitcher uh, observation. So the first one we're going to start off with, again, all of these uh, suggestions or recommendations came via Twitter. I tried to get to everybody, uh, all of the players that folks mentioned, and with the exception of all the relievers on the Marlins who were suggested, uh, I've covered pretty much uh, everyone here. Uh, so let's get uh, cracking uh, with Chad Pinder. Uh, again, uh, as I did the research throughout the end of the week, you know, I took down these uh, stats uh, throughout the week. And so some of them may have changed even slightly, you know, dramatically based on how players performed over the last day or two. So just keep that in mind as I read out the stat line and I give kind of my, um, my take on each one of the players. So Chad Pinder so far hitting 298. Uh, 317 OBP, 10 runs, 3 home runs, 8 RBI, 0 stolen bases. Uh, looking at his O swing at 33.1%, so slightly worse than league average. Um, his contact um, you know, is up uh, 85.5% in zone uh, contact, uh, which, is, uh, which is nice to see. Uh, contact has been you know, a slight issue for Pinder. He's not a, atrocious at it, but it, it's definitely been one of the limiting factors in his profile. Uh, hard hit rate at 34%, ground ball rate at 44%, so slightly above league average there. Not something we want to see for a guy who generally has the batted ball quality that Pinder does. Statcast a 308 expected Woba, 5.3% barrels per plate appearance, 108.5 mile per hour max exit velocity. So Pinder got a ton of uh, early season and preseason hype and you know, I was one of the folks who definitely uh, was very interested in him. Um, but the interesting thing is he has improved that contact rate, but his calling card, I think that the reason why folks were so excited about him if he was able to get playing time this year is the quality of contact. And that uh, has actually gone down considerably so far this year. That 5.3% barrels per plate appearance um, is very low for Pinder. He's generally among the league leaders. And so that's one of those things where you just wonder if in trying to increase um, the uh, amount of uh, contact he was making, whether he's sacrificed the actual quality of that contact. So it'll be really interesting to see moving forward, you know, whether he's able to regain that or whether, um, you know, what, what exactly happens with that quality of contact. Because without that quality of contact, um, he is really, uh, I think he's going to be um, you know, not as useful as I think people were expecting him to be. He does have dual eligibility, second base and outfield, uh, I believe, at this juncture. And so that is obviously something that is, um, uh, that is always good to have uh, in today's game. Up next is Robinson Cano, 192 average. I think he did go two for two the following day after I wrote this down. So 192 batting average, 253 OBP, six runs, two home runs, eight RBI, zero stolen bases, O swing at 35.3%. It's not generally known for his good plate discipline. Uh, in uh, Z contact, 83.7%. Now this is way down. Cano is generally 
around 90% when it comes to end zone contact. So that's a big drop for him. But hard hit rate at 43.6% and the ground ball rate at 33.3%. Now that's a really nice change for Cano because he is not a high, you know, he, he hits a decent amount of line drives, but he does not hit a ton of fly balls. And so having that ground ball rate lower um, is a nice thing for him. Now, when we get into the StatCast data, I think we start to see, you know, a, a really good example in Cano right now of a guy who you can, again, buy low on. Buy low is a little bit of a myth as far as I'm concerned, because immediately when you go after somebody, like people are like, oh, what's up? Why are you interested in him? But, you know, Cano's expected WOBA is at 337, right? Lower than he's normally at, but well above his 256 WOBA. So, um, you know, I think there are some concerns uh, with, um, you know, the, the, the dip in contact, but Cano has such a history of, you know, elite contact that I'd be really just surprised to see such a significant dip unless it was part of a, a change in approach for him. So um, I see him really as a guy that I would be targeting in, in trade leagues. Um, you know, folks might think, ah, oh, he's an older guy, he's not that good, but he hasn't been as bad as the numbers, you know, as that stat line indicates. And I think, you know, we know that Cano can go on really nice hot streaks. And so that is going to be, um, yeah, I think, I think that'll be, that'll be, uh, I think he'll be a really nice uh, pickup for guys. So I would be targeting Cano in, in leagues. Uh, a guy that I would be selling high on is Freddie Galvis. 338 batting average, 356 OBP, 10 runs, 5 home runs, 11 RBI, and 1 stolen base. O swing at 36.3%, so no improvement there. He's normally bad, uh, doesn't have a good eye. In zone contact at 82.9%, uh, hard hit rate at 34.5%, ground ball rate at 37%, and then the stat cast data tell you, tells you that he's been lucky so far. Uh, four, uh, 411 Woba uh, on a 339 expected Woba. He is barreling it up at a pretty decent clip, uh, 10% barrels per plate appearance, um, and a 105.4 uh, max exit velocity uh, for Galvis. Um, so, you know, the thing that's interesting to me about Galvis is, you know, a week or so ago, we were all talking about this as a potential breakout campaign for Galvis. And certainly the outcomes are very, very good so far. But when you look at the skills across the board, they're actually worse uh, than last year. Like the hard hit rate's worse, the contact rate is worse, um, you know, the O swing is worse. The one thing that is better is the ground ball rate, but only by about 3%. And so I think what you're looking at is, that Galvis probably had his his big hot streak, um, you know, at the right time, and so um, or not at the right time, but at the beginning of the season. And I think this is probably the peak of his value that you're going to see. And so I would be looking, if possible, especially since Galvis has had a nice couple days. I think since I took down these stats, I'd be looking to potentially move him. Now it's hard to sell high on guys because people just they'll be thinking the same thing that you are. Well, uh, he's just trying to sell high uh, on me, but. You know, it's not, maybe you can stick Galvis in with another player to upgrade. You know, so one of those like two for one trades where maybe you're getting the best player, a slightly better trip player, but Galvis is a guy, you know, that maybe the owner needs a shortstop uh, or something like that or a middle infielder on his team. And so you kind of add that in as a sweetener um, to make, uh, to get the better player in the deal. So just a thought there um, for Galvis. Fran Mil Reyes, uh, 224. Um, batting average 298 OBP 
Uh, five runs, four home runs, eight RBI, zero stolen bases, uh, 333 or 33%, 33.3% O-swing, in-zone contact at 82.1%, uh, hard hit rate at an elite 53.7%, ground ball rate down at 34.1%, which we love to see. And then the stat cast data really tells the story for you for Fran Mill. 482 expected WOBA on a 336 uh, WOBA. Uh, so he's vastly underperforming. I think he may be the highest underperformer of his expected WOBA in all of baseball. 15.8% barrels per plate appearance, which is awesome. And then 115 mile per hour max, max exit velocity. Reyes has improved his contact rate, his hard hit rate, and his ground ball rate this year. And obviously, the stat cast data is mouthwatering. Uh, he's been super unlucky, and I think as a result, represents a very good buy low uh, opportunity here. Again, always challenging, but you know if you can, uh, if you need power, uh, I think Reyes would be a really good option to target. You know, in twelve team leagues, in fifteen team leagues, really, um, even in ten team leagues, I'd be looking at him because I think when he does get hot. Uh, I think it's gonna be um, it's gonna be a sight to behold. So um, yeah, definitely into Fran Mil Reyes. Uh, Nick Markakis has started out uh, this season really well. 317 batting average, 382 OBP, 13 runs, two home runs, 13 RBI, zero stolen bases. His O swing is at 28.4 percent, slightly worse than last year. His in zone contact rate is also down actually. 87.1%, but better, well, well, better, well above league average. Hard hit rate at 44%, which is really nice. Ground ball rate at 52%, which is not nice. Stat cast data, a 408 expected WOBA, 30.2% barrels per plate appearance, and a 108.8 uh, max exit velocity. Uh, you know, so the stat cast data is not, the batted ball quality data is not wonderful. Um, it's not good. Uh, but, you know, because of the good plate approach, you know, generally good contact and generally good plate discipline, uh, that expected Woba looks pretty nice, um, you know, because he is uh, doing, he's doing what Nick Markekis do, does, which is hit for average and get uh, some, some counting stats. I think, you know, I don't think you're going to see the power we saw early last year. I think he had some crazy amount of home runs for him in the early part of the season, and then he hit like three the rest of the season. I think that's kind of Marcakis, right? I don't think you can expect more than 10 to 15 home runs um, from him, but he's going to hit at the back of a really nice uh, top of the, the Braves lineup. And so for that reason, I think he's obviously um, rosterable, especially in deeper leagues. It is interesting to see though, you know, um, you always want to monitor this stuff with older players, but the plate discipline has gotten worse. The contact rate is down a decent amount, and he's hitting a ton of ground balls. So don't be don't be too shy about uh, kind of cutting the um, you know uh, if he does go through a slump, um, you know thinking about uh, moving on from Marquez quickly, at least dropping him from your starting lineup. Don't be uh, too worried about doing that. Eric Hosmer has had a brutal beginning to the season. Uh, one uh, one ninety four uh, batting average, two seventy. Uh, on base average, seven runs, uh, one home run, uh, and eight uh, RBI, zero stolen bases uh, for Hosmer. Uh, o swing at 32.3%, uh, Z contact at 84.9%, hard hit rate at 45.1%, ground, 
ground ball rate at 49%, expected WOBA at 314, uh, actual WOBA at 244, 4.1% barrels per plate appearance, and a 108.4 mile per hour um, uh, exit velo. You know, Hosmer has had a rough start, but everything looks fine, if not better, actually. Uh, for Hosmer than last year. His contact rate is about the same, even though it was disappointing last year, it is about the same as last year. His ground ball rate is actually at a career low right now at 49%, uh, which is super interesting uh, to me, right? We've always harped on Hosmer about how he has such a high ground ball rate, and he does, um, and he still does with that 49%. But now he's doing... um, he has the lowest uh, ground ball rate of his career uh, right now, and you know he's having one of the, the worst starts to the season. Uh, his hard hit rate is also at a career high. So uh, the quality of contact um, you know, isn't necessarily there, but he's been unlucky as you look at his ex-WOBA versus his, and his WOBA split. Um, and so you know, for that reason, um, you know, I actually think that Hosmer might be an interesting buy, especially in deeper leagues, right? In 12-team leagues, he's not as valuable, but I think in a 15-team league, you know, or, or a deeper league, he might be a really interesting guy, um, you know, to, uh, to target. Um, because, you know, again, I don't think they're going to take him out of uh, the lineup anytime soon in the pot for the Padres. That whole lineup um, is you know, has been uh, struggling. Um, and so not, not like the whole lineup, but they just haven't put it together yet. I don't know if ever, they will put it together because they're not that good. But I do think that he would be a nice little buy low candidate here, um, you know, because people just love to hate on Hosmer. And so I think his value is in even lower uh, than it re- really uh, should be. Uh, next up, we have um, Jorge Polanco, who has been the opposite of Hosmer. Uh, 429 average, 482 uh, OBP, 11 runs, 3 home runs, 5 RBI, and 0 stolen bases. Uh, The O-swing at 29.7%, the in-zone contact at 85.9%. Both of those numbers are actually worse than last year, but where he has gotten uh, a ton better um, is uh, with his hard hit rate at 44.7%, and then his ground ball rate is at uh, 17.8%. So he's hitting everything in the air. Um, So that includes a high line drive rate um, uh, and and a high fly ball rate. Now, it can be a little bit dangerous if you're not making really good contact when you have his type of profile. But right now he is, and if we look at the StatCast data, it is also uh, mouthwatering. 444 expected WOBA, so that's his expected WOBA, on a 5.11 actual WOBA. So he is overperforming, but um, it's elite, uh, it's elite nonetheless. You know, and it's not like he's gonna continue to do this. I mean, this is a hot streak for him, uh, but it is very, very encouraging. 10% barrels per plate appearance, 108.1 uh, mile per hour max exit velocity. He's batting second, I think, mostly uh, in that Twins lineup, first or second. And it's a nice Twins lineup. It's underrated. I mean, the top of that lineup, especially with the Fire Eagle himself, um, Eddie um, Rosario doing so well, um, you know, it's just, uh, yeah, it's a nice place to be. So, you know, like I mentioned, the, the plate discipline, the end zone contact are down, but it seems to be one of these situations where maybe he's sacrificing uh, overall quantity in terms of contact uh, with the quality of contact that he's making in 
so far so good. So um, Polanco, definitely a guy who um, uh, who is doing really well and is not one of these guys who I think you know it's all a mirage. Uh, Elvis Andrews falls into a little bit of a different category uh, for me uh, of a guy that I'd be trying to sell on to. 386 um, uh, average, a 411 OBP, nine runs, three home runs, 13 RBI, four stolen bases. The stolen bases is really nice to see because you know he really didn't steal last year and, and everybody was wondering whether he was going to start to do it since he's kind of getting older. Um, it's nice to see those four stolen bases already for Andrews. Uh, his O swing, 36.3%, uh, so not very good, uh, 6% worse than league average. His in-zone contact rate has gone down considerably at 81.9%. The hard hit rate is really nice at 49.1%. Ground ball rate at 43.6%, uh, so still around league average. Uh, the stat cast data, though, this is a really good, actually, comparison, I think, of like how you can look at, use stat cast data to either validate or not invalidate, but but to identify maybe where there's difference, right? We just saw Polanco who has seen some major uh, major drop in his contact rate. Andrews has seen a similar drop in his contact rate, but when we look at the quality of contact that he's making, um, two barrels, 2.9% barrels per plate appearance, a 110.2 mile per hour max exit below. He's got a 358 expected WOBA, which is still still good for Andrews but a 431 WOBA. So he's dramatically overperforming it. So, um, you know, whereas with Polanco, you know, that exchange of maybe having less contact, but still good contact um, for, you know, you're seeing his barrels kind of shoot through the roof. So he's making really elite contact with the contact that he is making. Whereas Andrews isn't making that level of elite contact, even though he has uh, seen uh, that contact rate uh, drop by 10% um, overall and 8% in the zone. I mean, that's huge. And so for me, that's a little bit of a yellow slash red flag for Andrews. Um, so despite the strong start, I do think there are some warning signs for him. Um, and he's also already outperforming um, his metrics. So, you know, this is probably, again, a hot streak for Andrews. But you know the the peak of that of that of that start is not as good, so he's still been good, but that 462 BABIP um, is not going to be hanging around um, for much longer. Uh, so just something to consider there with Andrews, he might be a guy. Um, you know, if you can give up the stolen bases at least, that you may want to look to um, again. You know, maybe maybe attack a, a buy low candidate like. Maybe Elvis Andrews for Robinson Cano, something like that. That might be a really interesting uh, deal to propose um, given their various starts um, right now. So that's kind of uh, Elvis Andrews. Jose Altuve also gotten off to a hot, 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 uh, a hot start. He's our last. He's the last hitter that I'm going to go over. Again, I think I covered 24 hitters in part one, so definitely check out that podcast. Altuve is at a higher batting average now and has more home runs as well because he went off yesterday. But 310, when I did the research, three, uh, 310 batting average, 359 OBP, 12 runs, 7 home runs, 13 RBI, 1 stolen base. O swing at 25.7%, Z contact at 88%, hard hit rate at 45.6%. Really nice there. Ground ball rate at 43.6%. And then the stat cast data, 10.8% barrels per plate appearance, 109.1 mile per hour max exit velocity, a 384 expected WOBA. So with Altuve, again, you see similar to Polanco, 
you know, his Z contact is also down, although it's still very good at 88%. But his plate discipline has improved dramatically this year, Altuve's. And that with that hard hit rate up and also the ground ball rate um, is also down. So he's hitting the ball more in the air. And so some of that power looks a little bit more legit. Now, I also think that Altuve, I consider Altuve and his kind of type the um, canary in the coal mine, if you will, on the juiced ball. Because if you remember, Altuve in the two years with the juiced ball, or the one and a half years, both the second half of 2016 and then all of 2017, he hit you know over 20 home runs um, that year. Since then, you know he has not, or last year he did not. Obviously, he had injuries, um, but you know did not have the same level of power. So it's really, really interesting. Um, to me, to see the kind of exchange that Altuve appears to be making earlier on, um, and that is with better plate discipline, lower contact rate, but the hard hit rate and the stat cast batted ball quality data surging, fewer ground balls, so hitting more balls in the air. It all looks really, really good um, for Altuve overall, and I think that that's you know a great start. Um, I had him as my number eight overall player. You know, heading into the draft for this reason, you know, kind of recency bias. He had a tough year last year. He was doing really well before he got injured, at least from a batting average perspective. And you really just can't discount uh, the the importance of that batting average um, in uh, today's uh, context of uh, of the league. So um, yeah, that is uh, that is important uh, to uh, consider. Um, all right, so that is all the hitters. Uh, we're now going to get to. Uh, the 15 starting pitchers uh, that we have for, uh, that I'm going to be uh, looking at and analyzing. First on that list of pitchers that I'm going to be looking at are, is Eduardo Rodriguez. Now, Rodriguez has had a start um, since I uh, did uh, my analysis. And let me just quickly take a look at how that uh, went here uh, while I am... Don't you just love it? Like just when folks are doing podcasts and they're looking up uh, information uh, at the same time, it makes for uh, riveting, riveting audio. I am sure all of you are um, super excited about um, about that. But let's take a look here. He pitched against the Rays, so not an easy opponent necessarily. Uh, so he went five and a third, three earned runs, uh, eight walks and, and hits, and then 6Ks, so about how he's been doing so far this year. So let's dive into uh, to Erod. Um, uh, fastball velocity at 92 point, uh, pretty much 93 miles per hour. That's down one mile per hour from last year. Uh, o swing at 29.2, first pit strike at 59.4, and the zone percentage at 40.4%. Uh, uh, so overall with the control metrics, you know, not atrocious, but he's not throwing the ball a ton uh, in the zone, at least compared to league average. He's at 40.4%, as I mentioned, and he's not getting folks to chase just about at a league average rate. So, uh, you know, that um, you'd expect that walk rate to be slightly better, uh, higher than league average. The good news is, is that the contact skills and the strikeout skills are better this year. 79.2% uh, on the in zone contact. Uh, and 12.7% swinging strike rate. Uh, so th- both of those numbers are better than last year. The in-zone contact at 79.2% uh, is really, really nice. Uh, now, um, I'm, 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 at the beginning of the show, 
I did a um, uh, reach Charles and I did it at the beginning of the show. I don't generally do it at the beginning of the show, but I did it at the, at the beginning of the show because I wanted to give credit to Alex Fast and folks over at Pitcher List for the CSW stat. That's called and swinging strikes, um, strike rate. And so that's uh, called strikes plus swinging strikes over, uh, over pitches. And Alex did a wonderful article, as I mentioned in the Reach Charles, about uh, that stat and how predictive it was and how well it correlated to um, different metrics, including strikeout rate. And, and it actually performs better than swinging strike rate in a lot of instances. So you're gonna start seeing me use that more and more because you know we wanna improve our analysis and thanks to Alex and the folks over there, we can now. So his CSW, uh, Eduardo Rodriguez, is 29.8%. Uh, that's 23rd best um, in baseball uh, right now uh, among starting pitchers with at least 200 pitches thrown. His K minus walk rate is at 13%. Um, and that uh, his expected WOBA is at 315, uh, where his regular WOBA is at 380. And so uh, he is uh, dramatically underperforming the underlying metrics. And so I think for, um, you know, for that reason, he makes a pretty good buy low too. He's a guy that I would, I would stick with. I, I'm saying buy low too much, but he's a guy that I would stick with um, or could be a potential um, target for folks. Um, so, uh, you know, Rodriguez, uh, has made some improvements this year, uh, that strikeout rate, as I mentioned before, uh, the, the K rate right now is lower, but the underlying metrics point towards, uh, better days ahead for that strikeout rate. Uh, he's struggling with, uh, with control with the kind of slightly below league average metrics across the board there. Um, but you know, again, he's been uh, uh, unlucky. And so, you know, for that reason, I, I still believe in Erod moving forward. Now, Nick Pavetta, not to do an early victory lap, but one of my bold predictions is that he'd be out of the Phillies rotation and outside the top 75 starting pitchers this year. Uh, it didn't take long for that to happen. Now, this, the season is still young, though, so it's not like Pavetta doesn't have an opportunity to uh, improve in AAA and then come back and, and make me look foolish for doing any type of victory lap um, here. Uh, but, you know, some things will have to change because as I noted in the bold predictions column and throughout the off season, you know, the challenge that I have with Pavetta is it's not like he hasn't been around. He's been around for a while and he's never really been able to be good for any consistent period of time. You know, early last season, he looked really, really good. I was certainly buying in then. I bought in for a lot of the season, but outside of that really small window, he's just always been hit, um, you know, pretty hard. And so, um, you know, that's why I've kind of been off of him. And and I know a lot of folks are disappointing, uh, are disappointed, um, you know, with how he's been performing, but, um, you know, who knows? Who knows what'll happen? Speaking of getting hit hard, um, I'm watching the Marlins uh, and the uh, Nats game, uh, and Anthony Rendon got hit by a 97 mile per hour fastball from Jose Urena. And I just want to know why Anthony Rendon does not have one of those elbow guards. Like every hitter should have those elbow guards because it got him right on the elbow. So hopefully he is okay um, there. Um, but going back to Nick Pavetta, let's just dive into the numbers to see a little bit of what we're seeing and why he did so poorly to start. Uh, fastball velocity at 94.7 mile per hour uh, this year. I use Brooks Baseball 
um, which uses pitch FX data, I believe, uh, for uh, the velocities. Um, I just trust uh, their velocities. I've used them um, for pitching stats. They're really, really, uh, really good. Um, and, uh, and that's down one mile per hour. His O swing at 26% below league average. First pitch strike rate also down 60.2% below league average. Zone percentage is still uh, within uh, league average at, uh, or much better than league average at 48.7%. But I think that's one of the challenges for, you know, a guy like, um, you know, for Pavetta is that I just don't think he has, uh, he has maybe control, but I don't think he has command. Um, you know, and it's really hard to, qu- hard to quantify that. I don't talk about that a lot of times on the podcast because there's not really metrics or visualizations that I can look to to really feel like I know how good of command folks have. But for Pavetta, I think it's really clear because anybody you talk to says that he's got the stuff. And so it's got to be something. And getting hit so hard, I just think that he just gets too much of the plate, if you, if you will. Mm-hmm. And so being around that 50% zone rate, for me, um, you know, uh, maybe that's a reflection of that. Maybe it's not. Uh, I wouldn't put a ton of stock in in what I just said there, but that's something. In The in-zone contact rate at 88.3%, also way up from last year. The swinging strike rate way down at 8.5%. His CSW at 22.9% uh, is number 131 of 138 uh, pitchers, so that's not good. K-minus walk rate at 8.6%. Now, everybody, like, you know... Uh, one of the challenges I have is people always quote XFIP or home run per fly ball or BABIP with Pavetta. And the thing is like, he's just like, until he shows us that he can have anywhere resembling league average in those metrics, it's so, we shouldn't be using them. His ex-WOBA is at 454. Uh, His WOBA is at 458. He has earned all of the really, really, really bad contact uh, and pitching that he has done. So everything has gone wrong for Pavetta early this season. Uh, everything is down sharply in a, in a bad way. It's headed in the wrong direction. Um, his, his curveball and slider weren't working at all either. Uh, swinging strike rate way down on them. And the BABIP on all of those pitches was higher than 400. Uh, wow, right? That's just really, really, really bad. So for all the folks out there who own Pavetta, I, I don't, but... Um, for folks who do, I do hope that he's able to come back and contribute a little bit to your teams. Not too much, since I don't own him anywhere. But um, for now, Pavetta is definitely a, a, a steer clear. Caleb Smith. Uh, now, here is a guy who has been uh, just really good so far uh, this year, and had a, since I did this, he's also had a really uh, had an excellent start. Uh, his fastball velocity at ninety two eight. That's down about half a tick. But when guys are like within half a tick and even like one mile per hour from where they've been in the past, you know, it may just be that they're, that they're, um, you know, that it takes them a a little while to get their velocity up. Uh, A lot of folks will say that, you know, pitchers, uh, that there's research out there that pitchers will gain like one mile per hour of velocity on average over the course of the year. So that may just be the case with Smith. Uh, His O swing at 30.4%. First pitch strike rate at 53.9%, zone rate at 41.9%. So there is some concerns with the control there. I mean, that's those are not good control metrics. He's not getting ahead of hitters. 
uh, like he should. He's not throwing the ball in the zone as much, and he's not getting folks to, to chase. So that's definitely something to be wary of. Uh, the in-zone contact rate, though, all the way down at 75.3%, which is super good. Uh, his swinging strike rate at 14.3%, also really, really good. His CSW is at 28.7%. That's 41st among all pitchers. Uh, and then his K-minus walk rate at 23.1%, which is great. And then the expected Woba at 265, also really nice in terms of the, the quality of batted balls that he is um, holding folks to uh, right there. Let's take a little peek and just see after, uh, after the last start you know, where he's at right now uh, with some of these metrics. Thankfully, I've created a, a customized um, uh, dashboard on Fangraphs um, that has all at the very top of the page, I have all of the metrics that I'm looking for. If you're curious how to make uh, your own, I did do a YouTube video on that if you want to check it out. Um, uh, and so, so the O swing is at 33% now, which means that he got guys to chase a ton yesterday. Um, his in-zone contact rate is at the very same. First pitch strike rate inched up just a tad. Uh, zone percentage also up a significant amount. Really, really good to see there. K-minus rock rate at 26.4%. Swinging strike rate at 14.8%. Caleb Smith is definitely somebody who should be owned in all formats. I picked him up a couple weeks ago in my 12-teamer. Um, he is not a guy that I would be... Um, that I would be you know, that I would sell high on at all. I think, I think this is legit what we're seeing. Obviously, like the wins may be uh, a little bit tough for him to get to, but, you know, take those ratios, take those Ks for sure. Uh, so, you know, the major improvement for Smith over last year has been his four-seam um, fastball swinging strike rate. Uh, he's got those two nice supporting pitches. Uh, he's throwing the slider more, and that's his best pitch. There are some warning signs, as I mentioned, with, uh, with the control metrics, um, but those, are, those have gotten better since I first, uh, since I first ran it, uh, did the research. Um, and his 192 BABIP is now a 240 uh, BABIP. And so even with you know, the increased BABIP, he's still got that 235 ERA, the .87 WHIP. 29 strikeouts in 23 innings. Very, very nice there. We could be looking at one of the the major breakout pitchers of this year. So definitely uh, go after uh, Caleb Smith uh, in your leagues, especially quality start leagues. He is going to be um, particularly uh, valuable in those leagues. Um, Yusei Kikuchi um, is a guy I tweeted out recently about how you should, you should drop him as quickly as you are, uh, are able to. Um, he, um, his fastball velocity, 93.8 this year. We obviously don't have um, anything uh, to compare that to um, but uh, from last year, but I think that's higher than, than a lot of folks. I think folks thought he was going to sit kind of 92, 93. Uh, so being up around 94 at the start of the season is nice, but that's about where everything ends in terms of being nice for Kikuchi. The O swing at 24.6%, that's well below league average, about 5% below league average. His first pitch strike rate is also well below league average at 58%. He is in the zone a ton at 50.2%, but you know, in-zone contact rate worse than league average at 88.1%. Swinging strike rate at 8.6%. Uh, CSW at 23.5%, that's 127th 
out of 139 uh, starting pitchers with 200 innings or more. Uh, 12.5% K minus walk rate, worse than league average. And this and and he's doing this all with a BABIP of 247. So we should expect some regression uh, there is likely. Left on base percentage 58.3%. So also some positive regression. Uh, probably ended heading his way there. Probably cancel each other out. That expected Wobet 315. So that's not terrible. Uh, it's about league average, but probably worse than league average for a fantasy starter. Obviously, in 15-team leagues, you're not going to go ahead and drop him, but I do think that in 12-team leagues, I'd be looking to trade him, um, if at all possible. Uh, hopefully, he has like a good start or something like that you know, in the next little bit, and you're able to kind of uh, push him out. But the, the outcomes for him have not been terrible yet. But again, the underlying skills paint, paint a very bleak picture. Uh, below league average by a decent amount in all of the really important skills that I, lo- I look for, especially the control metrics um, and the, uh, the strikeout metrics for me. And so I don't think that's a recipe for success for him. And so I'd be looking uh, to trade him. Tyler Glass now, uh, a guy who has made some really great strides um, so far this year. A fastball velocity at 97. Uh, that's about even from where it was last year. Uh, first pitch strike rate, uh, uh, 67%. That is awesome to see for Glass now, way above where he's ever been in his career. So he's getting ahead of guys, which is great. He's also pumping the ball in the zone at 52, 50.2%. Uh, um, so overall, uh, the O swing is at 32.1%. So across the board, positive control metrics, which is so critical for Glass now. He's known for having those just huge innings where he has massive blowups, walks some guys, gives up, gives up hits. As long as he's walking guys, you know, as he's not walking guys, he can give up those hits, right? He can give up, he can even give up those home runs because if he's, if you're not going to have a ton of guys on base, you know, it's just going to result in overall better outcomes for, in terms of the whip uh, and in terms of, uh, of the ERA. So that's really critical for him. When we look at the strikeout uh, numbers, 87.9% in zone contact rate. So not great there, slightly worse than league average. The swinging strike rate is up at 12.1%, which is really nice. CSW at 28.1%, so that's 54th out of 139 pitchers. K-minus walk rate at a really nice 23.1%. BABIP at 270. Left on base uh, percentage at 91.8%, so expect some regression there. Expected WOBA at 235. Really, really nice across the board for Glass. Now, you can see um, you know, just the the... The really nice improvement in those control metrics is the key for him. The strikeout skills are okay, right? They're not great. Um, but, you know, I think what you're seeing so far, you're going to see some regression because of the left on base rate. You know, so he's not going to have whatever this ERA is that he's got like one, you know, under a two ERA for the year. But, you know, I think you you are going to see just a really solid starter, I think, the rest of the way. I'm confident that you're going to see that because of you know the the impact of those improved control metrics on his on his whip and on uh, hopefully limiting the number of huge innings he has um, uh, against him, which has again been his calling card. Colin McHugh's also had a really nice um, start to the season, uh, 90.7 mile per hour fastball velocity, not great. But the caveat to that is that he's leading with his slider, which is his best pitch. 
He's throwing that 42% of the time uh, more than his fastball uh, even. So that's key to note. The O swing is at 30.1%, so right around league average for this year. First pitch strike rate at 58.1%, so a little lower or lower than by a decent amount uh, of league average. But the zone percentage at 45.9%, slightly better than league average. Uh, the in-zone contact rate, though, 83.8%, better than league average there. Swinging strike rate at 12%. His CSW is at 29.4%, which is 27th out of 139 uh, starting pitchers. K-minus walk rate at 23.3%. BABIP is at 216, so expect some regression there. 79.6% uh, strand rate. Um, and the thing with the BABIP with the 216, like, you know, I'm not from the school that says everybody, you know, just regress, regress everybody to the mean for the league, right? Different guys are able to maintain different levels of BABIP, but that 216 uh, is going to be way, way low. So um, that's just way low. The only way for it to go is up. Uh, so that's just something to consider. His, his strand rate is also at around 79.6%, which isn't, you know, it's very high and it'll probably come down. But if he's able to maintain the high strikeout skills that he does have right now, you know, that will not uh, go down as much because, you know, strikeouts are, are really helpful at uh, keeping left on base percentage higher than league average. So again, McHugh is pitching off of that slider, which is his best pitch and his most used pitch at 42% of pitches thrown. Um, he still has a um, really nice 20.8% uh, swing strike rate. Um, you know, with that slider, even though he's throwing it so much, which is incredible. And I think a really, really important aspect of that is that he is able to throw it in the zone. 43% of the time, which is really, really nice. Because a lot of guys like Patrick Corbin has a great slider. Um, you know, uh, 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 Carlos Rodon has a good slider. Uh, Kyle Gibson has a good slider. Like there's a lot of good sliders that folks can't throw in the zone. And so it creates a lot of control problems for them. McHugh is not gonna have that same issue because he's able to throw that slider in the zone. And I think that's key. The pitch also generates 60% ground balls. And so just really elite ground ball totals uh, there that are taking place, um, which is really nice. Um, again, the control metrics aren't terrific, but they're not atrocious um, or, and they're not terrible. They're not bad. They're just kind of blah. Um, and he is outperforming. I think his K percentage is a little high for where the underlying metrics say that it should be, but you are obviously really, really happy uh, with what you're getting from McHugh where you, where you drafted him. And I think that he, he has the ability to continue that, this, that success. I don't think he's going to do it at the same level that he's been doing it so far this year. I think we're going to see a little bit of regression uh, because that K rate is going to come down. Uh, and I think that that BABIP um, is also um, going to come up, and I think the strand rate is probably going to come down, and all of that will kind of push him uh, towards being a little bit worse, but I still think we're looking at a really good pitcher here. Tuki Toussaint um, is up next, one of the waiver wire darlings um, from last week where he was going for 200 plus bucks. Uh, his fastball velocity uh, in his, uh, what essentially I've done for Toussaint here, because it's a very, very small sample size, right? It's like six innings, I think, that we have. Uh, of sample size. So I combined last year and this year 
um, to kind of look at his metrics overall in his major league career, how he's been performing. His fastball velocity is down two miles per hour from last year. He was at 92.8 in his his last uh, pitching performance with the Braves. O swing at 29.1% throughout his major league career. First pitch strike rate at 60.9% and his zone rate at 38.2%. So those are pretty concerning control metrics just because the zone rate is very, very low and he's not able to compensate that with the with the O swing, which is also, it's around league average for this year, uh, but below league average for in past years. And so overall, those control metrics, he's not getting ahead of hitters. And so I think overall, you're going to see him have a higher than usual uh, walk rate. I, I think that's kind of one of the, one of, I think, the concerns that most folks have about him being a starter is those control metrics. And, and I see why. In-zone contact rate at 84.6%, so right around league average for this year. The, the swinging strike rate at 10.1%. Um, that is, um, you know, that is, that's okay for a starter, um, but, you know, not great. His CSW uh, over the last two years, though, is 30.3% which is an elite number right there. I don't have where he ranks um, compared to other starters because he hasn't thrown enough pitches, uh, but you know that would be uh, high up there. Uh, that's right around like James Paxton territory for CSW. Um, it's right around, uh, let's see, uh, it's actually higher than Colin McHugh's. And so you can see where there may be interest because of that. And, and, you know, and with the curveball that he has, you know, maybe that's why he has that high uh, called strike rate. Uh, K minus walk rate is at 11%. His BABIP's at 259 for his major league career. Left on base rate right around league average 72.4%. Uh, his expected WOBA at 302. So that's all solid. Um, so I think, you know, there are legitimate concerns about his control. I think there's legitimate intrigue around, uh, you know, the, the um, you know, that curveball and his um, overall, uh, you know, strikeout potential. And he obviously plays for a decent team with the Braves. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how he does. I'm not that big a fan just because I think the control metrics uh, are scary enough. And I don't see like the Z contact or swinging strike rate being exactly where I would want it to be to believe um, in the strikeout skills. But it will certainly be interesting uh, to see where, uh, where Tukey, uh, how Tukey does. Um, so far, or how he does this year, um, and whether he's able to stick in that rotation when everybody's healthy. Uh, Jacob deGrom, obviously the major news there was that he was going to get an RBI as his elbow was barking, uh, and, um, you know, it has uh, gone down, or I mean, he, the team and he decided not to do the MRI. He is on the injured list, but he, they're thinking about starting him next week. Uh, so who knows? It's the Mets, right? And the Mets are, are Metsing. Uh, but when we take a look at the numbers for DeGrom, the fastball velocity is right at where it was last year, 96.8 miles per hour. O-swing at 31.8%. Now that's down. First pitch strike rate at 65.2%. That's that's good. Um, it's all, it, it is down slightly from last year. He is in the zone at 46.7%. Uh, so overall, the control metrics are really nice. Not as good as last year, but they were absolutely dominant or, or elite last year. I don't know if you could have elite control metrics, but um, they're, they're definitely dominant. Um, the in-zone contact rate is actually better than, than the full season last year at 78.3%. 
Swinging strike rate at 14.8%. It's not as high as it was uh, last year, but still very, very good. CSW at 29.9%, 22 uh, out of 139 starting pitchers with 200 or more uh, pitches thrown. Uh, K-minus walk rate at 31.5%. All really, really, really good. No reason really for concern there. Uh, The BABIP is at 364, um, and the left-on-base percentage is at 90.5%. So you'd expect some positive regression on that BABIP there. You'd expect some negative regression on that uh, on that 90.5% left on base rate, although not as much as as you know, not not to league average, but you know maybe to um, you know to the high 70s, uh, around 80% because of the strikeout skills that he has. But one the one area where it kind of highlights the struggles he's had on contact so far is the 298 expected woba, which is better than league average, but not where we um, that's not where we want that's not where we want our you know, number two starting pitcher in all of baseball to be your first round draft pick to be from an expected WOBA standpoint, you'd want him to be more around like 250 than than 300. Um, so, you know, again, the skills look really, really nice. Some slight decline in the control metrics, um, some, some, you know, slight improvement or holding steady there in the strikeout skills. The one thing that that is of note, I think, is he has given up five home runs so far. He gave up a total of 10 last year. And with the juiced ball, I just wonder a little bit about whether DeGrom may have a juiced ball issue because he did give up 28 home runs in 2017, the last year of of the juiced ball. He was unlucky on that, if I'm remembering correctly. I think he was at like 24 expected home runs or something. But still a really high... Uh, home run total for an elite pitcher. And so that's just something to think about and maybe to consider as you project him moving forward. Maybe we we aren't going to be able to project him for that. The ERA as low as we thought we were. So just something to think about. Again, it's early in the season. Hopefully, you know, at this point, you're just like, please God, let his elbow be okay. But, you know, just, um, you know, something to think about, uh, you know, right there um, in terms of you know, where we may expect him to get worse because of the juiced ball. Uh, now, I'm not sure why he'd be particularly susceptible to that, but again, going back to 2017, he did have a bit of a home run issue. Uh, Matt Boyd has been a very pleasant surprise uh, so far this year. Uh, his fastball velocity is at 91.1. That's even with where it was last year. His O swings at 31.4%, first pitch strike rate at 59%, zone percentage at 41.8%. Uh, um, so the overall control metrics aren't uh, great. Um, you know, the O swing is helping that low zone percentage a little bit, but he's not necessarily getting ahead of hitters. So walks are going to be a little bit uh, of an issue for him probably. In zone contact rate at 78%, swinging strike rate at 16.1%. Those numbers are both elite, elite, like top of the end elite. And so if he's able to carry those forward, you know, look out. CSW at 30.7%, that's 14th out of 139 starting pitchers, so really, really good there. He is having a little bit of a BABIP issue, 345 there, left on base percentage at 71.4%. I would expect that to get better just because of the strikeout rate. Uh, The BABIP being at 345, um, he he does have a 272 expected WOBA. I think that's slightly um, worse than where he's at right now for his overall WOBA, so you know, it could be that that ballot batted ball quality is kind of going to 
going to stay there, uh, stay a potential issue. But one of the razor reasons for Boyd's success is his elite slider, and he's increased its usage, usage by about 10% this year, I believe. I don't have that in my notes, but if I'm remembering correctly, he's throwing it on 37% um, of his pitches so far. Um, his curveball has also been really good for him this year. That is a key development this year. Uh, it hasn't been a strikeout pitch in the past. I think it had a sub 10% swinging strike rate last year. Uh, this year, uh, that uh, the swinging strike rate for that pitch is like at 16%, I think. And so that's the reason why he's got such a dominant swinging strike rate is, you know, an elite slider that he's now able to pair with a really nice curveball. And then his fastball doesn't have great velocity, um, but he does, uh, he does work it um, high in the zone, uh, I believe. And so, um, you know, and, and last year he led the league in pop-ups. Um, and so, you know, it, it works for him. He's another driveline guy, and I trust the driveline guy. So like Caleb Smith, he's another guy that I'm really, um, you know, that I, that I think you can kind of buy into what he is doing. I don't know if he'll, whether he'll be able to maintain this same level that he's shown early on in the season, but the fact he picks, pitches in the AL Central is always a nice bonus. Um, and he's been pitching pretty well. So he may not get those wins, kind of like Caleb Smith, but uh, those two are guys who, who just are showing really nice, um, really nice skills so far. Yanni Chirinos um, is another guy who's had a nice start to the season. He had one blow up, but overall he's been, he's been really nice for fantasy owners. His fastball velocity is down one mile per hour, but still really nice at 95.2. Um, his O swing at 34.3% is really, really nice about 5% better than league average this year. His first pitch strike rate at 72.9% is also really nice, so he's getting ahead of guys, which is great. Uh, he struggled a little bit. Well, he, I don't think he struggled last year with walks, but you know the underlying metrics pointed to the fact that maybe he should have. Um, and then uh, when we look at his, um, uh, his strikeout skills, they're okay, 86.9% uh, uh, for his in-zone contact rate. 11.7% uh, swinging strike rate. Uh, so those are both decent. Uh, they're not uh, super great, um, but uh, you know they're, uh, they're decent. Um, his CSW is at 26.4%. That's 95 out of 139, so not great there. Maybe expect a little bit of regression with that strikeout rate. K-minus walk rate at 21.4%. You know, again, I would expect him to have maybe around league average uh, strikeout skills uh, for Chirinos, you know, so maybe between eight to nine strikeouts per nine, uh, maybe a strikeout percentage around 23%, something like that. BABIP is low at 222. So is the left on base percentage at 68.2%. His expected WOBA is at 294, you know, and then that looks about right for me. I think Chirinos is going to be about you know, uh, uh, a, a, you know, he's one of those like kind of SP4, SP5 type guys where he's going to be solid. You know, he's not going to be spectacular. And I think um, hopefully, uh, you know, with the, um, you know, with the, uh, with the Rays employing him sometimes as an opener, hopefully that'll give him more access to wins. But even when they start him starting off, you know, he's shown that he can go five to six innings. And so, playing for a good team so I think he'll be a decent uh you know a decent uh contributor of of wins here uh for sure um so uh next up our first reliever Andrew Miller uh his fastball velocity he's been terrible so far this year but he's starting to 
starting to get a little bit better. Fastball velocity, even with last year at 93.7 miles per hour. O-swing at 31.8, so slightly better than league average. First pitch strike rate is low, and the zone percentage are both low, 57.1% and 40.1% respectively. Uh, The Z-contact rate is at 90.9%, so that's bad. Swinging strike rate at 10.2%, but that it was at 8% uh, like a week ago, and so that's heading up. His CSW is at 29.9%. Uh, that's really nice. Uh, K-minus walk rate at 8.6%. percent Babip at 3.53. Uh, left on base percentage at 7, uh, 6, uh, 76.3%. XWOB at 4.35. Miller's been really, really bad. I actually dropped him recently in a 12-team league, partially because he's been so bad but also just because Jordan, Jordan Hicks has been good. Um, and, and so I think he has been struggling to start off here, but I do think that he's starting to find um, you know, his groove, uh, Miller. And so he wouldn't be a bad stash in deeper leagues if you have a deep bench or if you are looking, you know, if, you, if you have an innings pitch limit, like maybe in a Yahoo-type uh, league, because I think that he could be a guy um, who... Uh, you know, who can help you out with, with uh, K per nine. Like I'm in a Yahoo, my Yahoo home league is a 12 team league uh, and it's got an inning pitch cap, which essentially makes it a uh, K's per nine league. And so, you know, for that reason, guys who have high K per nines, uh, your kind of mid, mid, middle relievers can be really valuable guys in a daily league, especially. So that he might be a guy that you'd want to target there if he's been dropped. All right, uh, Steven Matz is up next. Obviously, he had a terrible, terrible, terrible start. The worst start you could potentially have. You know, six earned runs, no outs, zero Ks, like just absolutely god-awful. But he did start off to the season, off nicely before that uh, this season. Uh, he's, his fastball velocity was down one mile per hour at 93.2 uh, miles per hour. Uh, his O swing at 27.2%. Uh, that is not uh, great. Um, you know, it's it's worse than league average. Uh, his um, play at the plate, Juan Soto's done. Um, uh, sorry, it's hard to watch games and record podcasts at the same time. My goodness. Uh, so O swing is worse than league average. First pitch strike rate is at sixty point three percent, worse than league average as well. Zone percentage though uh, is good at forty seven point seven percent. In zone contact rate at 86.2%. Uh, so that's slightly worse than league average. Swinging strike rate at 8.7%. But Steve Matz is normally one of the league leaders in called strikes. And so, you know, he doesn't necessarily need that high swinging strike rate uh, in order to, um, you know, to be a successful strikeout guy or at least a decent strikeout guy. His K minus walk rate is solid at 17.8%, BABIP at 279. Uh, left on base percentage at 57.5%. That is going to uh, regress positively, so that is good news. His expected WOBA is at 353, which is not great. Um, so Matz's uh, control metrics aren't great, but they have improved over last year. His strikeout skills have declined, um, just like the underlying metrics. Uh, but the CSW is encouraging for him. And as I mentioned, he is one of the league leaders normally in called strikes. Uh, his left on base percentage is uh, is unlucky, uh, so we should expect some uh, re- some uh, positive regression there. The BABIP obviously obviously some negative regression. Uh, we should expect with it at 220 right now. The 353 expected woba does not paint a good picture, but I'm not giving up on Mats yet. 
Uh, he had one bad start. Uh, I think he's a matchup play at this point, but you know, I'm still going to run him out there when the matchup is good and just hope that uh, things, um, you know, hope that he's able, that that's just a bump in the road that we saw uh, in his last start and that, you know, what we saw in his first couple starts, he's not going to be that good, but that that is closer to the pitcher that we're going to get. Uh, because I think the Mets are the Mets are a decent team and he's got a good home field at City Field, even though the NL East isn't the best place, best division to pitch in. All right, another NL East pitcher here. Uh, we have Trevor Richards. Uh, fastball velocity at 91 mile per hour, uh, right around where he was last year, I believe. Uh, o swing at 30.2%, so slightly better than league average. First pitch strike rate at 57.7%. And here's where the profile is a little problematic at 39.3% in the zone. Uh, his in-zone contact rate at 78.1%. That is an elite number right there. And his swinging strike rate at 12.1% is really good. His CSW, though, surprisingly, um, is not that good. Uh, CSW at 27% is 81st out of 139 uh, starting pitchers, so a little bit worse than... Um, you know, the majority of, of starting pitchers. And the reason for that, and I think the reason why my my approach for him versus uh, Caleb Smith is a little different, even though they both have kind of similar control metric issues, um, is this, is that Trevor Richards relies so heavily on his changeup um, for all of the really good metrics that he has, Right. The O swing is primarily generated off of swings on his changeup, which is which is really really good pitch. You know the um, zone percentage is low because he throws that changeup so much. The in zone contact rate is going to be low partially because of that changeup when he does get it get it um, over the plate, and that swinging strike rate is also going to be uh, primarily a result of um, you know that um, uh, that that changeup. And because that changeup, he can't throw that pitch in the zone. He only throws one-third of his changeups into the zone at 33.3%. He gets very, very few called strikes. You know, he does not get a lot of called strikes because he is relying so much, so much on a pitch that is outside the zone for those swings and misses that, um, you know, that, it's, that is generally, I think, going to be problematic overall for his strikeout rate as it is going to be for his control metrics, right? If he's relying on that pitch heavily. Um, and you see that with the K-minus walk rate being so low at 7.2%. You know, so he, has, he doesn't have great metrics this year so far, and he's got a 220 Babbitt, so that's going to get worse. Uh, his left on base percentage, 73.4%, is around where we would expect. Um, but his expected wOBA at 320, so he's kind of at or worse than league average, when it comes to starting pitchers. And so for that reason, I think he's going to have major control issues this year. And I think that makes him a very risky pitcher. The strikeout rates have certainly improved, but I think the the lack of called strikes because he's so reliant on that changeup for uh, strikes um, is, is going to be problematic for him. And so I think because of that, um, you know, and when we see the Babbitt progress, I think he could have some really bad um, I think he could have some really bad outings. I think he's going to be a dangerous uh, pitcher to stream because I think when he when things go south, they can go very, very south uh, with a guy like his profile. Obviously, in 15-team leagues, you're holding on to him. He's a matchup play at this point in time. 
uh, and you're hoping for you know some a decent amount of strikeouts from him. But you know, in leagues that are shallower than that, I think he's a streaming guy only. He's not somebody I think you need to hold on to um, on his roster. All right, Carlos Carrasco up next. Um, he's down half a mile per hour uh, on his fastball at 93.8 miles per hour. He obviously had pitched a gem in his last uh, outing after a terrible, terrible non-one-inning pitched uh, outing before that. Uh, O-swing at 32.5%, so really solid there. First pitch strike rate at 62.5%, not where he's normally at, but good. Uh, zone percentage at 47.1%, so he is throwing the ball uh, in the zone a lot. Um, uh, his in-zone contact rate is low at 79.8%. Really nice elite metric there. Swinging strike rate is at 13.4%. Really nice there. His CSW is at 28.5%, um, 49th out of 139 starting pitchers, but I think that will go up. You know, K minus walk rate is a really nice 30%. And then you see his, uh, BABIP is at 63.4%. Uh, that is not... Uh, that is uh, that is bad, <laughs> but it's not going to hang out there. You know, Carrasco has struggled with higher than league average BABIPs, and I don't see a reason why that'll change just because, you know, that fastball is not good. Um, you know, he's got a above 300 uh, BABIP the last three years, I think, at least. And so I'd expect that to be in like kind of the 300 to the 315 range. And I think that'll determine whether he's got like a 3-3 ERA versus like a 3 ERA but, you know, I think that BABIP will, will go down. Um, his left on base percentage, he's got some regression, positive regression there at 63.4%. And so, you know, the thing about um, Carrasco is he has not been good, right? His expected WOBA is 347. That is not good. But his WOBA has been 429. So he's been very, very unlucky. He has not pitched well. But the skills all look there. I don't think there's any reason to be um, super alarmed with what he's done so far. You know, he always has these blowups. He's probably just had, uh, you know, a few of them a little too early. Um, and so uh, I would expect, um, you know, him to be fine. I think he's going to be a good pitcher. I think he's going to be the guy about what he's, you know, been uh, these past, you know, couple years. And I think, you know, maybe he'll be a little bit worse than that because the BABIP will end up being higher than it's been recently. But um, you know, I think he's going to be, I think he's going to be fine. Uh, next up we have Luis Castillo who has come out of the gates, um, firing. He's been really, really good. His fastball velocity is down 0.5 miles per hour, 95.7 miles per hour on average with that fastball. Um, his O swing uh, is at 30.7%. So slightly better than league average. But the other control metrics are horrible. And I think this is a, this is a, I don't like to use red flags just because it seems like, oh, you should drop the guy or something. But these metrics are a red flag for me. First, pitch strike rate at 54.2%. His zone percentage at 35.8%. That is super, super, super low. The control metrics are a problem for sure uh, for Castillo. Um, those are a big problem for him. Um, uh, the strikeout skills, though, are a huge bonus, right? He's got an in-zone contact rate at 77.8%. He's got a swinging strike rate at 16.1%. And his CSW at 34% is number two out of 139 started pitchers. So those are all really, really good. So you have kind of like a Jekyll and Hyde 
control versus strikeout skills where you might have potentially the worst control metrics outside of Aaron Nola that I've seen so far this year with Castillo. And then you have the best uh, strikeout skills for a player. And I think that the result of that is going to be some really high highs and some really low lows for Castillo. And right now we're seeing the really high highs, but I do think it's going to be problematic. And I think you saw it in the Dodgers game, right, where he didn't get shellacked, but he was very, very close to having a huge blow up because he was allowing a ton of base runners. Um, and so that's just something I think to be to know about Castillo. Uh, the K minus walk rate is at nineteen point eight percent. So not you know not like elite like you've seen with some of these guys where it's thirty plus percent. Uh, the BABIP is at one eighty four. Again, a lot of luck there. The strand rate is at eighty three point three percent. A lot of luck there too, or a decent amount of luck there. The expected WOBA though is great at tw- at two twenty. So it's not like he's pitched poorly, but what I would say say is that he's started off really well. I think there's a lot of yellow slash red flags here with the control metrics. He's throwing a very low percentage of pitches in the zone. He's not getting folks to chase. He's not getting ahead of hitters. He's walked 13.5% of hitters so far, um, but he's doing so well because of that low BABIP and that high strand rate. Those are both going to regress. So the question is going to be when they do regress, is it going to be more second half Castillo last year, right? Like the regression to a 3-5 ERA rest of season? Uh, or is it going to be like first half regression, you know? Uh, and I think that'll determine, you know, whether we end up with a guy who finishes the season with like a 3-3-5 a three three ERA versus a guy who finishes like 3-5-4 to four, uh, ERA. And so I think that's what we're going to do. If I could... You know, I would be looking at Castillo as a sell high. He would be a guy right now, if I could turn him into one of the elite starting pitchers, you know, if I could turn him, I don't know about, uh, you know, if I could turn him into, I don't know if, uh, into a Carrasco maybe. I don't know if I'd do straight up Carrasco. I think you'd want more from Castillo at this point in time. But let me think about who it might be, who might be a good guy like um you know if you could turn if you could turn Castillo into I don't know I mean it's hard but maybe you maybe you could turn him into Carrasco and like a little bit more or um you know Cole's been pitching well Snell's been pitching well uh maybe it's a you know maybe see how DeGrom does here maybe see if DeGrom you know, how he does in his next start, if the velocity is still there, if there's less injury concern, maybe Castillo for DeGrom. I don't know. that There's a lot of risk involved in that. But 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 I would be looking to move Castillo if I'm able to get, you know, an equivalent starting pitcher. Oh, you want to know a deal that I would definitely do? I would do, I'm going to cover him in a second, but I would do like a Luis Castillo for Jack Flaherty and something else or for Herman Marquez and something else. Maybe if you can get a good hitter in there or maybe a sec, another like SP3, something like that. Like that would be a deal that I would do because I, I, I think I'm going to get to him in a second. But I like what I see from Flaherty and I also like what I, what I, I think Herman Marquez is a very good pitcher. Um, anyways, okay, next up we have Trevor Williams uh, who's doing his best Kyle Hendricks uh, impersonation. 
His fastball velocity is much better than Hendricks's for sure. Uh, his uh, fastball velocity is up half a mile per hour at 92.2. That's good uh, news there. Um, his uh, O swing is also up 37.7%. First pitch strike rate at 70.7% is really good. And 44.4% uh, zone percentage is solid. So really nice control metrics for there. A really good progress there for Trevor Williams. His Z contact is down at 84.2%, which is really nice. His swinging strike rate is up at 10.6%. Those are both better marks than last year. His CSW is, is not good, 23.5%, 136 out of 139, so not good at all. K minus walk rate at 12.1% because that K percentage is so low. The BABIP is low at 250, but he's shown the ability to uh, limit uh, that, that BABIP. I think he's a Kyle Hendricks-like guy for that reason. Uh, the, L the left on base percentage is high at 79.4%. I think that part of that is going to be the low BABIP, so I believe some of that. His expected WOBA is 315, so not great, but I think he can outperform that just like Kyle Hendricks does. Um, so, you know, I think there are some good comps there between him and Kyle Hendricks. He does not have the same strikeout, um, skills that Hendricks does, but, you know, I think there is some upside there. The fastball is really, really good. He's been able to limit hard contact really, really well. He's made some stride forward this year with his control metrics and with those strikeout skills. Um, and I think the main improvement is that forcing fastball, which has a 13.9% swinging strike rate on it. That is up, you know, 7% from last year. That's like almost like, you know, Garrett Cole, Justin Verlander level swinging strike rate on the forcing fastball. So definitely a guy I'd be holding on to. Definitely a guy that, that I, don't, I don't think we're going to see a ton of. I think that ERA is going to stay good. I think the, the whip is going to stay good. Um, you know, uh, the ERA as a result, I think, will be decent. He's not going to get you a ton of strikeouts. But I think he's making some solid strides, and I think he's going to be a, definitely a very useful uh, pitcher for folks moving forward. I definitely have underrated um, him. Next up is James Paxton. Uh, his fastball velocity is even at 96 miles per hour. Uh, really nice there. Um, o swing at 28.4%, down slightly, worse than league average. But he is getting ahead of hitters at a 65.3% clip, really nice. And he pumps it in the zone at 50.8%. So he doesn't necessarily need a really high uh, chase rate to be successful there. The in-zone contact at 79.5%, really, really nice there. Swinging strike rate at 14.8%, uh, really, really nice there. CSW is at 28%, that's 57th out of 139 uh, but his K-minus walk rate is at 25.3%, BABIP at 358, strand rate at 73.6%, his expected WOBA is at 278, his WOBA is at 325, so expect some uh, positive regression there. Maybe Paxton is a guy, maybe you can, uh, you know, uh, exchange Castillo for Paxton. You know, that would be a deal that I would, uh, that I would do because I just don't believe... Um, you know, I think the Castillo's control metrics are a little bit more of a concern. I think Paxton will get more wins uh, being on the Yankees. And there's some batted ball issues there, but uh, the skills are just elite for Paxton. So he'd be a, he'd be a pitcher that I would be targeting, um, you know, in leagues. If you're looking to kind of upgrade maybe a little bit, I think Paxton is, a, is an interesting uh, guy uh, there. 
Uh, Walker Bueller uh, is uh, is up next. Uh, Bueller has had a tough start to the season. Uh, his fastball velocity is the same at around 97 miles per hour as it was last year. His O swing is way down though, 21.8%. First pitch strike rate way down at 52.9%, so struggling with that control. His zone percentage is fine at 44.4%. The in-zone contact rate is really nice at 80.2%, but he's not getting that swinging strike rate, 10.6% right now. The CSW is 60th out of 139 starting pitchers with 200 or more innings pitched at 28%. Um, So, you know, not great, but solid. K-minus walk rate is at 14.5%. BABIP at 294 uh, the strand rate, there's some huge regression, a positive regression that's coming there at 50.9%. Um, and then his expected Woba is 296. So still a solid pitcher, really struggling with command. You know, he really falls under this group of pitchers that I would say like you Darvish, Walker Bueller, um, uh, Chris Sale, a lot of the Red Sox pitchers where they didn't get their normal work in spring training, and I think we're seeing the result of that, right? Just really struggling with command. Um, for Bueller, he's struggling with his control so far, and it's really been with his slider and his curve. He has not been able to throw those pitches anywhere near the zone. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but my, if my if my me- memory is serving me correctly, it's something like he's throwing the slider in the zone 30% of the time and his curve 20% of the time. It's something ridiculous. And so, you know, that's, you know, he's able to get that fastball in the zone, but, you know, he's not getting chases on those pitches either. And so he's really struggling with them. Um, he'd be a guy I would not mind either targeting just because I think the velocity's there. So there's less of a concern for me about injuries. I think he's just trying to starting to get his feet under him. And once he gets a few more innings, I think he's, um, I think he's going to be fine. Uh, next up is the absolute love of my life for this year, a guy who has been saving me in countless fantasy teams where other guys are just getting, getting hitting around, and that is Joe Musgrove. Um, Musgrove has been absolutely awesome uh, this year. Um, and uh, so uh, the, the uh, Jose Arena just got out of, the sixth inning, I think he might get me a quality start. Hopefully, they uh, they pull him. He has not been great, but uh, he's been he's been good enough. Um, so Musgrove, the fastball velocity is actually down three miles per hour, which is huge, ninety one point three miles per hour. I hope that he's able to get that a little bit faster because he's been so successful even with the decreased velocity. His O swing is at thirty five point six percent. That is really really good. His first pitch strike rate is at 64.6%. That's good, but down from from last year when he was above 70%. And this is what's really interesting about Musgrove. There's so much interesting stuff going on here with him, but his zone percentage is down at 42.7% after being at about 50% uh, last year. He is known as a guy who doesn't walk anybody because he's always around the zone. But I really like what I'm seeing because he's continuing to get folks to chase at pitches outside the zone. He's not, he doesn't have a super high zone percentage. It's a little low, but because of the chase rate, it's okay. He's still getting ahead of hitters, but not as much, but it feels like he's nibbling a little bit more. If you see him pitching, you know, if you watch him pitch, he's nibbling a little bit more, right? He, he's not 
around the middle of the zone. And I think that's really good for him because he's got really good stuff. He's got an absolutely awesome repertoire outside of his fastball. Like the slider's nasty, the changeup is nasty. That's one of the reasons why he was the pitcher that I have the most this year is because that repertoire was great. It was just a matter of the pitch mix and he's doing that so far. Um, the, the, the strikeout skills are nice. The end zone contact rate's a little high at 87.5%. I think that's a factor of him being around the zone more with his fastball and less with his slider and his O swing where he doesn't get strikes. Uh, the CSW is, uh, or the swinging strike rate is really nice at 13.3%. That's a big uh, leap up. Love to see that. The called uh, the the CSW is at thirty point four percent. That's sixteenth out of one hundred thirty nine starting pitchers, even with that diminished velocity. K minus walk rate a robust twenty point seven percent. Babbitt is at two thirty two. I think that's going to regress because I don't think he has the stuff um, to really limit um, uh, you know quality of contact as much as he has so far. Uh, we see that because um, we see that in the fact that he is at um, his 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 expected woba is a lot uh, is is not a lot higher but it's higher uh, than his woba it's at two sixty four uh, right now so I think we're going to see some regression with uh, that BABIP uh, which is at two thirty two again sorry my computer is running out of battery and so now I am uh, behind the scenes I am now plugging it into a power source I had to move. And so um, I'd expect some regression there, uh, but again, not like, you know, a ton. He showed last year that he can, you know, at least have league average uh, batted ball quality uh, there. Um, and again, he's nibbling a little bit, so maybe folks just aren't, aren't able to get as high quality of contact as they're used to um, with him. Uh, so, you know, it's been a weird season for Musgrove, right? Because um, Musgrove... Uh, the fast, he's like a kind of a different pitcher. The fastball velocity is way down. You'd expect that to hurt him, but it hasn't yet. Um, you know, he's been really effective. He's increased that slider usage. It's his best pitch. He's throwing it 10% more of the time this year. He's at 30%. That's one of the reasons why I really liked him as well is because he actually did this towards the end of last year. He was showing these skills at the end of last year. So it's really just a continuation of that with maybe poor batted ball quality against. So he's hitting, keeping hitters off balance. Um, he's got a very deep repertoire. You know, he's got five pitches that he, he throws a decent amount. Um, and then he's gotten some luck on Babbitt. And so, you know, with all of this, it's so weird because he's like a different pitcher. But those the quality that makes him who he is and what has made him so effective is that repertoire. And that's why I think he can continue being a really, really good, you know, SP3 and, and potentially even a solid SP2. My bold prediction was that he would be a, a, a top 25 starting pitcher this year. And I think that that's going to happen. And so I'm really, really excited. The only concern is that is the huge drop in velocity. He's obviously coming off a of surgery. Hopefully that will go up. My only concern would be injury um, around that. Um, the next guy up is Yu uh, Darvish. Uh, Darvish has been a little bit of a train wreck early on this season. And again, another guy with an abbreviated uh, spring training. Um, his fastball velocity is at 913 point. 
uh, uh, two. Uh, that's down one and a half miles per hour. Although in his last start, that's actually he started today. So and I don't see what haven't seen what his fastball velocity is yet. Uh, but he was at ninety four point two in his last start. So it is getting better, which is really encouraging. O swing at thirty point one percent. The control metrics are terrible. Fifty one point eight percent first pitch strike rate. He walked another three guys um, today. Uh, the zone percentage is at 42.96%, so also low. And again, without an above average O swing, it's problematic control metrics. His in zone contact rate is at 86.2%, so not great, but his swinging strike rate is at 13.5%. And in his last two starts, it's at 13.9%. And today he had 16 swinging strikes on 88 pitches. So Again, he's showing some really encouraging signs. The control metrics are going to be, I think, the issue for him and, and whether he's able to manage batted ball quality too. Uh, his CSW, 26.3%. That's 99th out of 139, so not great. K-minus walk rate is at 3.6%. That's terrible uh, because of that high walk rate. Uh, BABIP at 273, left on base percentage around 73%. So uh, pretty close to where they should be. His expected WOBA is at 357. And so Darvish has gotten off to a rocky start, but he's definitely shown some encouraging signs. Um, You know, his last start was against the Marlins. He pitched today against the, the Diamondbacks. Three runs in, in five innings, gave up, you know, eight hits and walks, but he did strike out, I think, six or eight. Um, so decent, decent there. Um, you know, he's a guy who I think I, I would be targeting actually in leagues just because I think the upside is, is pretty good. And I don't think you'll have to pay too high of a price for him. I think he's definitely worth, worth the risk. So you may want to poke around his owner and see how he's feeling about the start, especially since his start today was okay, but he didn't get the win. Um, and so, you know, it might be worth kind of kind of looking into what you can get for for Darvish. But you know the control metrics are definitely scary. I think he'll start to improve those as he settles in after that abbreviated spring training. And I think the striking out skills are showing really, really uh, solid potential. Next up is Reynaldo Lopez, starting pitcher for the Chicago White Sox. Lopez was a guy that I uh, really liked um, heading into this year. I have him on a, a few of my teams. Um, and I really liked his September last year. I also liked the velocity um, one of the top uh, velo guys in the year last year uh, in the league last year, uh, and so I felt like that was a really nice foundation to build from, especially you know the way his changeup um, and slider looked uh, in September last year. Obviously, small sample sizes. It's also September, um, so you never know. But that's what I was betting on. Um, so far this year, it's been a real struggle for Lopez. His fastball velocity is down two miles per hour. Uh, at 94.2 mile per hour on average so far this year. Uh, He was at 95.5 in his last start. And one thing to note about Lopez and his velocity is that in the first few games of the year, Chicago, uh, it was very cold. Uh, I think he pitched all of them in the Midwest and it was very cold. And so I think that really impacted his velocity. And without that velocity, you know, there's not much for him to lean on. Uh, He's a fastball heavy guy. Um, he's a fly ball guy, and he, um, you know, and, and while the the breaking and off speed pitches, you know, the changeup and slider are pretty good pitches, um, they're not elite by any stretch of the imagination. They really work off that fastball. So when he doesn't have velocity, it's just kind of 
uh, a kind of game over. And I think that's what we've seen at least through three of his first four starts. Um, in the one where he threw 95.5, um, he did have a good game there. But so far this year, his O swing is at 21.2%. So really, really, really low. Um, you know, and, and the challenge when you're when you ha- when you can't get chases, you know, at that level is just so hard to be effective because you need to be in the zone so much. First pitch strike rate fifty seven point seven percent, zone percentage forty five point four percent. So the zone percentage isn't bad, but he's not getting ahead of folks. Um, he is uh, he's not getting folks to chase, and so the control metrics are just. They're bad. Uh, Z contact. Last year, he had a really nice Z contact, right? And I think that was a uh, as a result of his fastball. Uh, 89.9% though. Um, Z contact right now, that's really bad uh, as well. Swinging strike rate only at 8.5%. CSW 24.4%. That's 23rd, uh, 123rd. <laughs> 23rd is just me hoping. Uh, out of 139. Uh, his K-walk minus rate is 3.1%. And then his ex-WOBA is 395, which is terrible. Uh, But his overall WOBA is 454. So he has been um, very unlucky so far, or or pretty unlucky so far this year. His BABIP's at 345, so really high. And the left on base percentage at uh, 71.4%. That walk percentage is at 14.4%, which is just really uh, bad. That's unsustainable. Um, When it comes to Lopez, I'm not surprised by his early season struggles only because of the velocity. If he is not throwing 95, 96 plus, then he is going to be incredibly ineffective because that is is who he is. He throws his fastball 60% plus percentage of the time, and then he works his changeup and his slider off of that. Uh, Thankfully, in his last start against, it was against the, uh, it was against the Royals, um, but he did have 13 swinging strikes out of 103 pitches, I think it was. So um, that's that's nice, um, you know. So headed in the right direction. Very interested to see how his next couple starts go, how that velocity looks, because I think if he can get in that 96 to 97 range like he's been before, I think he's I think his changeup and slider are ready to take that next step. And so I'm still hopeful overall for the season. Um, for Lopez, uh, very encouraged by his last start. But again, so much of it is going to rely on the velocity, and you don't know what that's going to be heading into the game. So definitely some risk there too. Uh, the last pitcher I'm going to cover is a guy who has had a rough start um, to the season, but I see a lot of things to like in his profile, and that is Jack Flaherty. He's up one mile per hour this year so far at 94.7, uh, so really nice velocity there. He was even as high as 96 on average in his last start. So some really good signs there. His O swing at 30.7% is slightly better than league average, right around league average. His first pitch strike rate is up from last year at 62.2%. So not necessarily uh, at league average yet, but it's higher than last year. And then he's also in the zone at 43.2%. So when you throw all of those things together, you're looking at league average control metrics, which I think is actually a really good sign for Flaherty because last year he was below league average and that was one of the major concerns, particularly with some of the the home run issues uh, that he showed last year. Now his strikeout skills are also solid. Uh, His Z contact 82.2%, 82.2%, so well below, or 2% below league average right there. Swinging strike rate at 12.7%, so well above league average there too. And then his called, or his CSW, uh, CSW at 28.3%, 52nd out of 139. The challenge comes with the 412 BABIP. 
um, and the home runs that he's given up. Uh, the strand rate is at 82%. K minus walk rate at 21.9%. Expected Woba at 320, 385 Woba. So he's also been unlucky. So, I mean, for Flaherty, it sounds weird, but he's really the pitcher that we've wanted to see so far in 2019. And what I what I mean by that is not in terms of outcomes, right? He's He's been disappointing so far in that regard. But the control metrics that weren't as good in his first major league season are now looking much better. And the velocity is up, which should show, should help him across the board. Uh, the strikeout metrics are slightly, beda- slightly down, uh, but there's plenty of time for those to improve. Um, and I think he represents a good... Um, guy to target in your leagues. Maybe an owner is, you know, disappointed with the pitching so far, um, you know, is looking to, uh, you know, uh, is ready to move on from Flaherty. I don't know why you would be this quickly in the season, but a lot of folks are reacting pretty uh, dramatically to, you know, some of the slow start, especially around pitching. So, you know, that's, he's a guy that I would be targeting because I think, you know, the velocity should only help him. Uh, The control metrics are better. The strikeout metrics are still solid. And so once that BABIP uh, regresses uh, positively in the right direction, um, you know, I I think we're looking at uh, a guy who could take another step forward uh, this year. So that is going to wrap it up for the 15 pitchers uh, that I covered. Hope you, uh, hope you enjoyed that, got some value out of it. If you do have any questions or you don't find things helpful um, or you do find things helpful, please do reach out and let me know. All right, that is going to wrap us up for episode 73 of the Batflip Crazy podcast. Thank you so much, as always, for listening. Um, Nine hitters, 15 pitchers, all uh, really interesting and just a lot of things going on. And it's early season, so it's hard to know how much much stock to put into them compared to what folks have been doing previously. But I'm always trying to look at at the underlying skills and how those change and what it might need for somebody's performance. And not always right, not always wrong try to do my best. So hopefully that helps you out a lot. Also, again, huge shout out to Alex Fast, Pitcher List, uh, Colin Charles, all the folks who put together that CSW article and have been uh, hyping CSW for the last little bit. Uh, really appreciate that contribution to the fantasy baseball uh, just lexicon or whatever you want to call it. It's just really helped. I think it's really going to help me as I analyze pitchers and, and in understanding. Like I think even as I went through analyzing people, like I remember doing uh, Trevor Richards, for instance, and just thinking like before I even saw the CSW rate, I was like, you want to know something? dude's going to have a low CSW rate because he can't get called strikes because he's reliant so heavily on that changeup. So just things like that, where it just kind of like puts a little light bulb in your head. Those are things that I really enjoy. And I think things that CSW will continue to bring forward in the future. So definitely uh, awesome, awesome, awesome. It's always so exciting when new stats like that, or not new stats, but um, a new understanding of stats come out like that. So Yes. Thanks for listening. Uh, best of luck with all of your fantasy baseball research. Hope your pitching staffs are doing all right. I know it's it's brutal out there right now. I had like the best offensive day probably in my life on one of my teams. And then Garrett Cole gave up eight earned runs in four innings. And uh, I went up like three points in the standings just because uh, that outing was so bad. Um, all right. Yes. Best of luck with your fantasy baseball research. Take care and be kind to one another. <laughs>